episode six, I believe, of yes. Knights of the Dawn podcast. You guys should be very pr- proud of us. We are recording for the second week in a row. That is a record, record right there. <laughs> for sure. And so, but we will try to keep up with this pattern for the entire summer. We will yes. do our darndest. And so today, a little break from our regularly scheduled programming. Instead of moving on to book two of Fable Haven and doing Rise of the Evening Star, we are going to be doing a review of the newest book from Brandon Mole, Candy Shop War 3, Carnival Quest. Yes, and this will be a spoiler review, so yes. spoiler if review. you haven't read it, don't, don't listen to <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> so, yeah. so I am Jessica. I'm Megan. All right, and let's dive into it. So this book came out a month, two months ago? Back in mm, was it March? March? Was it February? It was one of those two. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was. It was March. Mo- it was March. It was March. It was March. Yeah. Okay, so it, it was came like back- middle of March. Uh, okay. No, yeah, that does sound right. Yeah. And Megan and I were actually so lucky as to go to the um the, the book question- signings. Yeah, the book yeah. signings that he had, kind of like a, a little mini book launch because he did like yeah. a little Q and A as well. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. It was cool. Yeah. We got to actually got one of my questions answered about future projects for Made Mole. Maybe we'll talk about that about in the end. But yeah, it was yeah, it's it was it was really cool. So we got to get our book signed by him and also um, tell him about our podcast, which was really really, really cool. cool. <laughs> so yeah, this is the newest book, first book in like year and a half that he's come out with, and mm-hmm. the end of. One of, like, his oldest trilogy, basically. Yeah, his oldest trilogy. Because this book, let's see, Candy Shop War, that book was like, one. I think was that like, was his second book. Was it I his second it, or third? It came out. Like, it was right around either after the first Fable Haven or the second Fable Haven. Mm-hmm. Like, it was super early this on. This one definitely has spanned, though, the longest timeline. It is taking yes. so long. I, and I think it's funny, though, because it was not supposed to be a trilogy. No. This, like, he did Candy talk Shop, about that at the, yeah. at the book signing. Candy Shop was supposed to be a standalone, one and done. That's yeah. it. But then everybody was like, no, 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 we want a second yeah, one. Like, we what want more. Next? And he was like, well, fine. Writes a second one. No, 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 we still want more. Well, fine. Now there's a third <laughs> white sibling. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this is the end of the trilogy. It's so, done. Yeah. Book one came out September 11th, 2007. 2007. That's long. When, when was Fable, Fable Haven one? Um, let me look. Let me just pull up, like, Brandon Mole's wiki or something, because <laughs> I was just Googling. Really... List of Brandon Mole books with Brandon timeline. Brandon Mole. Because honestly, like, 2007, it has been over 15 years. I was in, like, second grade. Like yeah. <laughs> Over 15 years. Trooper. Wow. What a trooper. That, that is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Fable Haven book one came out June 2006. Rise of the Evening Star, May 2007. And so then... This one. So this was his third... Like, this, started this is his, his third, third book. book. Which I, I really liked that one. That's I remember crazy. when I finally realized that, like, the first Candy Shop War was, like, written by the same guy who was doing the Fable Haven. Because, you yeah, know, when you're yeah. a kid, you don't really realize, like, who's writing things. Like, That's true. I remember I did the same thing with, um, like, Rick Ray Orton. Like, I, like, read the first bit of the first Percy Jackson, and I got scared because I was like, oh, no, creepy thing in the hallways with, like, clip-flopping. Oh. I hate it. No, no, no. <laughs> and so I said, no, I'm not going to read that because I was, like, I was too scared because I was yeah. too young. But then I, mean, I started reading. Like yeah, something <laughs> like that. And I, then I started reading um, uh, The Red Pyramid. And I was like, oh, my oh, gosh, this yeah. is so good. And my sister, my older sister was like, it's the same thing. <laughs> She's like, come on. Just like, like, it's the same, same author, author, same premise, yeah. like, with, like, living mythology. Like mythology, and I was like, yeah. Oh, 
Now I and love Percy Jackson so, so, so interesting, much. Interesting, interesting. So it was just like fun. So the same thing happened here. I didn't realize that Candy Shop War and then Fablehaven and then like Five Kingdoms as well and a little bit of Beyonders, but I never really got into that as okay. a kid. Like I never connected those. That they were the same author. That they were the same. Yeah, I remember like I had I was reading Fablehaven and then I like had heard of Candy Shop War, mm. but I like never read it. I didn't read it until I was like like fifth grade or sixth grade like it took mm. me a couple years and I was like oh wait this is kind of good like I kind of like this <laughs> I think what it came down to is that they were like different places on my bookshelf like oh. <laughs> like literally the candy shop or like we had two bookshelves yeah we had the um like the little kid book bookshelf that mm-hmm. was in my room and it had like all like the picture books the Dr. Seuss books all that stuff and Candy Shop War was on that one just because uh, it, ours was a paperback yeah. and it was just like the standalone first book Fable Haven, we got an all hardcover. We wanted to keep those nice. <laughs> nice they copy. felt like it had like the, it had the illustrations. It looked mm. good. It felt like an older book. So it yeah. was on like the higher tier. It was in the big kid bookshelf. You had to graduate. I to had to that. graduate to that bookshelf. <laughs> yeah, and so, but yeah, so that like it kept them separate in my mind. So when I realized they are one and the same, it made more sense. You're like, oh, this is the same author. <laughs> mm-hmm. What were your overall thoughts like? Not even, not for this book, like, before this. Like, what, did you, like... Like, what were my expectations? Yeah, like, based on what you've had for, like, the other, like, what you liked from the other two books. Um, so I will premise this. Candy Shop War is not my favorite series. Mm -hmm. I really, I like the first one a lot. And the second one is pretty good. I would say the first one is my... Top tier. Is my favorite out of all of them, even after reading the third one. But I... I was like, I'm ready for some magical candy and <laughs> something to do with the the other white sibling. Because <laughs> like, you got Belinda, Lindy, and then you have Jonas, Jonas. and now you have Camilla. Camilla. And then they mentioned Camilla at the end of the second one. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, what's her shtick? Like, what is, <laughs> what is her theme of candy uh... and magic? And so I didn't really, other than that, I was like, what's, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I had actually never read the second book until my freshman year when you told me that there was a second oh, book. That's funny. I didn't even know it would exist. I thought it was just the first one. And then I was like, wait, there's a second one? And so I didn't read that one until I was in, like, 19. And I think that changed how I felt about it. Mm. Because nostalgia is the best flavor. <laughs> nostalgia yeah. is the best flavor. So when I read Candy Shop War, number one, I'm still, like, I'm remembering, like, this, like, childish excitement of being like oh my gosh Nathan just tricked her and like like just like going through that and like seeing like I can remember those feelings as like I saw the twists and I was like Mm -hmm. oh my gosh as a late teen it's kind of hard to capture that same feeling when you're rereading a book that is still meant for like younger fourth graders yeah out of all of his books candy shop war is definitely geared towards geared towards younger audiences for sure but at the same time i think it's still very near and dear to his heart because like while he was talking about candy shop war he's like i based this entire book off of his child yeah my childhood it's super interesting like yeah especially like the first one is like his like childhood town his elementary school he just like changed like the name basically and like i can imagine like just, like, how much, like, nostalgia he must have had putting into that book. Like, like yeah. oh, I can incorporate this. Like, oh, I remember this. Let's put that and, like, in Like, that's, like, such a fun idea for, like, an author to, like, take, like, part of their childhood and be like, this is kind of what I wish, you know, if magic were mm-hmm. real, I wish I could have had some adventures, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. Like, who doesn't do that, like, you know, when they're a kid, be like, oh, I'm going to go find some, like, adventures or something. And I think it's, like, a cool thing to, like, you know, put, like, your childhood town in it, like, your mm-hmm. elementary school and then... Be like, 
yeah, this is what I would have done if I were, like, a kid who was, like, 12 and found magic candy. Like, had moved to fun. a new town just then. Like, I think yeah. he, like, he included all of that. And what, what was mm-hmm. the town called? Dayton? Or something like that. The one, the, the fake one in here is Colson. And Coulson. it's, I think it's, like, even, like, the same area, like, yeah. northern California. But, but just yeah. the different name. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. I think is what he said. I think that's just really cool. Okay, now thoughts on the book itself. On this book, I liked it. I, if I'm being honest, I wouldn't say that I loved it. It was fun. It was fun. Like, it was a fun ride. And I liked, I feel like because it's the candy shop war and it doesn't go as deep, there's like lore stuff I feel like you could delve deeper if it were one of the other series but it'd yeah. just kind of be like oh yeah there's a dreamland there's a mirror realm there's all this thing now go defeat yeah. the bad guy yeah. like <laughs> like there's definitely a, like a more it's like a very much more cut and dry yeah where at the same time like you can like read into it and like oh what if this happened like what if like yeah. what do like what if what if what if but at the same time yeah. it's like no, this is like if happens. this were a different series, I'd want to like delve deeper into like these mm. all these different new like magical places. But you know, mm-hmm. it's just you're just long for the ride yeah. in this book. Yeah, but at the same time, I love how he like throws in like those deeper things. Yeah, like, because a kid's not gonna care. It's like, oh, mirror realm, cool. Oh, underworld, great. But we're like, oh, but like, what is wait. like what is the mechanics of this? How do they transport this entire like cas- cavern system yeah. between like the cities? It's like so interesting because it's like. Man, I I wish I could go to this carnival. Like literally, True. like go like explore, mm-hmm. like figure out all these puzzles, tests and puzzles, riddles. going deeper into the carnival. The carnival that just keeps expanding, and literally can be like living out like your dream. Like it's pretty or cool living premise. In your living in your dream, as long as you don't you know mm-hmm. get trapped by the villain <laughs> in your dreams forever. But mm-hmm. I don't know. What did you? Well, yeah. What did you think? a lot of the same things for me it was just kind of fun I found myself kind of reading into it a lot more than I think like I was like like I was expecting more like deep stuff that I've come to like expect from Brandon Mold because like I'm used to Dragon Watch I'm used to Five Kingdoms I'm used to Beyonders which have darker elements and you go deeper into like what yeah like, and so, this like, different world is, or whatever. Yeah, I'm reading this, and I'm expecting, like, some of the darker, a little bit of the grittier. And yeah. then it's like, nope. Like, no. It's a lot. Like, cleaner is almost the word, not even just for, like. It's more innocent. Innocent, yes. Yeah. And even, like, just, like, the plot wise. Which isn't, like, a bad thing. No, it's not. Like, it's fun. Like, it's a, just a good read. Like, oh, yeah. I don't really want to, like, think a lot right now. I just want a good book. Yeah, you just, like, listen. But at the same time, if you want to think, you can. Mm hmm. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's a good book. It can be really whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Like the Dreamland. Ooh. Dreamland. <laughs> so what is your new favorite candy Ooh. in this book? Because okay. there's of, of like, the four yeah, there's the, the four new ones. Okay. So I'm just going to read, like, it has a, the list of the newest candies that are kind of folk, um, given the focal point. Yeah. So we have Cannon Blast, where you literally become a human cannonball. You just get to like kind of shoot and like be indestructible for like a few seconds. Mm-hmm. Drip drop licorice. Go from a solid to a liquid in a snap. Clown lips. Pucker up for some cartoon fun. Turns you into a clown. Yep. Statue sticks. Turn into a living, moving statue. Basically a statue of whatever you're holding in your hand. So yeah. like in one hand, you like you bite the stick and if like, you're holding granite, you turn into granite. You turn into yeah, like diamond. You turn into a diamond. Basically whatever that. 
of these four, for usefulness in this book, I would go for clown lips. Yes. Definitely clown lips. Even though... I don't want to be It sounds like a nightmare for me. Like (laughs) Like, turning into a clown, but... As long as I'm the clown, I don't care. Yeah, that's true. Like... And Summer does use it very usefully. Like, I love how like, everybody's terrified. Like, oh, yeah. crap, she's a clown. Yeah, well, she can, like, take as much damage as she wants. She, like, can pull out, like, a baton, like a clown. Mm-hmm. She, like, pulls things out. Yeah. And just, like, like, she can take a beating yeah. and deal a beating. But um, if I went for the one I would most likely want, though, Drip Drop Licorice. That's what I was thinking. I feel like it would be useful to, like, mm-hmm. use that. Yeah. So if I had some, like, Hard rocks, I guess. <laughs> Statue sticks would be useful in some yeah. things. Cannon blast could be fun if you like need to get places. And Nate uses them to great yeah, effect. He uses it really well. But it's just, it's more of a vulnerable. Like you, you only get you have to have, you get one shot. Yeah. If you miss, you lose time putting it back in. Whereas the clown lips, you put them on, you're a wrecking ball exactly. for sure. So or, they they each have their uses, but the most useful, yeah, probably the clown lips. Mm. And as long as I'm the clown, I don't really care. That's true. If you're the clown and I'm the one running for you, I'm terrified. Ugh. Okay, I'm not that. I'm not hugely scared of clowns. Okay. I don't mind them. Should we just talk about the clowns now? Let's just talk about the clowns. Let's just get it out of the way. Yeah. Um, Growler. Okay, he is creepy. creepy. He is very creepy. He was creepy. Okay, I have to tell you. I find because... it really funny that that's a manifestation of their dad's trauma. <laughs> yeah, that was like it was like oh man. And like so when you they were go to the graveyard. The okay, okay, I lied. That is a little bit grittier. The okay, the graveyard part. Oh my gosh, like the clown graveyard. I gotta tell you, I was listening to this book last night, and at like midnight, <laughs> I got to the clown graveyard part, and I was like. For the first time during this book, I was like, oh, this is... Yeah. Uh, this I, take, okay, I take back a little bit. I, for, I had forgotten about this part, so I'll, I'll take back a little bit what I said about it being more innocent. That was kind of creepy. Like, literally, they're getting... Like, Pigeon and Trevor are getting chased by, like, dead clowns, and then Poor they have to Trevor. go to this mausoleum. And then there's, like, the ventriloquist dummies, too. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is getting uncomfortable I for me. I so bad for Trevor, though. I know. Like, this poor boy. This poor kid is, like, like, traumatized. A kid literally, like, wet his pants just, like, during the normal, like, kind of stuff. Like, during yeah. the parade. Like, I was surprised. I was like, dang, kid, you that weak? <laughs> like, I mean, I felt bad, but at the same time, I was like... Okay, but he's also, like, 12. Like, yeah, and he also has seen some things. Yeah, so I I was like, oh, man, Brandon Mole is, like, putting his hand into, like, a little bit of a horror movie. Yeah. I, I literally, like, wrote down, like, is this, like, a horror movie scene right now? Like, I was getting creeped out, but yeah. I'm kind of a wimp with that, so. I didn't mind it as much, but I was I think I was surprised at, with the rest of the book being so much more, like, kind of light. Yeah, maybe it's because I was listening to it, and mm. it was, like, late at night. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the clowns. Yeah, they were. I I enjoyed them. They were definitely funny, and like the, the confrontation with Growler himself was weird. Yeah, that was an interesting twist. I didn't expect them to like. I mean, like Lose? it makes sense. No, to like put them to sleep. Oh, okay. That was a good like. I was like, in hindsight, I was thinking, like, man, why didn't you expect that? <laughs> like, why haven't they been using that? It was like, kind the of a smart time. thing to do to put you all to sleep, though they didn't know that was their downfall, but. What did you think about the, like, the whole, like, dream sequences? Like, with, like, dreams coming into reality and then, was her name Sandra? Like, the dream oh, walker oh, the dream lady? Walker, yeah. 
What did you think of that, like, use of, like, how they, like, defeat them with, like, their dreams? Did you like that twist, like, that end? I found it interesting, like, how they used, like, like, honestly, what it gave, it gave me Five Kingdom vibes. Yeah, the whole Dreamland thing, I was like, is this connecting to Five Kingdoms Honestly, like, I was felt like, like the are, Okay, wait, wait, wait. Do you think the dream things, like how they go into like the world, do you think that they would end up on a sky castle? That would have been so freaking cool. That would um, be awesome. <laughs> I would have been so freaking happy if that had so happened. So wait, should we go back and read the things that they say come from the dreams and see if they come on a sky castle? What if that was an Easter egg? That'd be awesome. 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 It wouldn't be the only Easter egg in here. Oh my! Let's not get to that yet. But. We'll get to that. Um, but um, it would have been so cool because, like, that's literally what they say with the sky castles: is it's yeah. unrealized dreams. Yeah, it's like dreams coming through. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Five it's like the yeah. opposite of what happens. Yeah. In this book, it's people dreaming gets pulled into the real world, mm-hmm. whereas in Five Kingdoms. Real people dreaming get pulled into this imaginary imaginary world. Yeah, it's interesting. Oh, <laughs> Brandon, you genius! <laughs> Brandon, you son of a gun! If you wanted to like connect five kingdoms, like this is the time, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, like oh my, god. yeah, like and like just like the times where they were like, oh, you can like do whatever you want with all this stuff, like Colt, like yeah, Nate's over here making I was, tanks. I was, I was like, like, is this shaping right like, now? This is basically shaping. That's literally what it is. That's and, what I was like, thinking the whole time. And um, Sandra was giving me um. Oh, who, um, who, like, Grand Shaper of, um, Necronum vibes. Oh. The chick who was just, like, popping in and out, like, uh, doing everything. Her aunt. Yeah, her. What is her name? It starts with a P. I want to say it starts with a P. Presha? How did you pull that I out of your know. brain? That I is her name. Know. I am so proud of myself right now. Whoa. Presha, that's her name. That I'm is her name. Sure. Uh, okay, wait. How did you How did you pull that name out of your brain? That was impressive. <laughs> I haven't read those books in I read a, those over like, a year. I read those like three months ago, and I couldn't have done that. Good job. <laughs> okay, everybody, you need to give me some likes and comments for that. I, <laughs> I, have, I did not look that up, I promise. That, yeah, that was, I can confirm she was just sitting here and then boom, Presha. I don't know how that Woo. happened. All right, continuing on. So wait, why does she remind you of Presha? Just the way like she's like constantly popping in and out. Like she's like, she's, she may not be like, like she's powerful. She may not have like the raw power oh. and like the raw ability of the kids, but I, she's like guiding it. I think I see what you mean. Because at the end, she's like speaking to, to Nate. Cole. Yeah. yeah. To Nate Whereas, and like guiding him, and then that's in, exactly what Pressure does. With okay. Cole. she's so like saying, Cole. You're, I see. "You're free. Do this. Do this. Do this." And yeah. this, like, she's like she the guiding that. light. I see that. Like, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what. And like, I got. then like the final showdown. So yeah, I I liked how he like used dreams to like save it. I thought that was interesting, and mm-hmm. I was just like, "Oh, this makes me think of Five Kingdoms. Like, this is kind of weird." Yeah, <laughs> I liked it. It was good. I think I've said it before. Five Kingdoms is my favorite series yes. of all of them. That may also be because of the whole nostalgia is the best flavor kind of thing. <laughs> but it's my favorite. I know yeah. you have Beyonders very close to your heart. I like Five Kingdoms, too. Like, yes. I just love Five Kingdoms. It's, yes. just, it's my favorite. I do love Five Kingdoms as well. Um, no, but yeah. So, like, that made this, the end of this, like, very fun for me. I was like, yeah. I was going to mm-hmm. be able to draw all those little links. Yeah. I do yeah. have to say the whole thing of, like... The kids being the only ones to be able to go in at first, I was like, what are they going to do without their candy? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I know they're capable, but also, like, they can't even use their magic candy. Like, what are they going to do? Yeah. So I'm glad they, first of all, could get candy. Mm-hmm. And in the end, 
when John and the Battiato brothers, like, show up, I was like, finally! We got like, some people who know how to take care of business. Let's go! Also, John being able to finally yeah. hurt people. Oh my gosh, that was, like, the best. John can finally, like, he's like, I can let no the streets. Like, I was like, I kind of, like, John was able like, to go off, and I was like, like finally! Yeah. I, one thing I didn't really get and didn't, like, the whole, like, dream stuff with, like, the head wizard Mozak. Yeah, the that of, whole thing, I was like, you get captured a lot, bro. <laughs> I just, that part, I was like, I get why it was there, but I was like, mm, I'm gonna Yeah, the whole thing, like, in the beginning. Camel. Yeah, the whole thing in the beginning with them getting, like, in the middle, like, of a, like, a big explosion. And, like, yeah. I was like, what is going on here? But yeah. I guess that's the whole dream thing. And then somehow Didn't he, he ends up as, like, a... In, he turns himself into a... Aardvark? An aardvark, yeah. Because he doesn't have his cubs yeah. cap anymore, which is his portable lair. Yeah. They kind of so, went away from that he, whole stuff. And then he, like... Like, the lair thing. Yeah. That is one kind of thing that I get kind of confused about. Yeah. But then he, like, ends up at the carnival mm-hmm. because he was in the dreamscape, I guess? Mm-hmm. It was weird. I think so, what it was kind of going for was the fact that, it, like, it got, like... The carnival got so powerful. Yeah, they were able to kind of like reach out and influence other like powerful magicians to try to kind of take out their. Yeah, that's what I kind of got. They were trying to take so out. So I competition. guess they like sent people to Chicago to go capture them because they ended up with the Badiados like sleeping bodies. Yeah. Magic. I don't know. <laughs> magic. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking it's too literally. Deeply just, about I think. This. I think the it's explanation magic. is magic. Don't yeah. question it. Yeah. How did okay okay um jumping off a little bit how did you feel about the villains the villains I I liked it because it's not what I was expecting but it made sense mm-hmm. because you know every villain in all of this whole series is one of a, the whites white, and white I did think it was gonna be Camilla and then it was like oh no it's actually her parents but I was I, like I think I was. They were leaning in, like, I was expecting it to be Camilla at the beginning of the book, but at the yeah. same time, they had leaned kind of into it so hard at the, um, because, like, with the second book, from what I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't read it in a while. Mm-hmm. So what happens is, you don't know that Jonas is a white until, like, towards the end of the book, correct? I feel like they don't really clue you in on that until later. I think so. But with Camilla, she was, like, shown to be a white and a... And a problem at the very beginning yeah that in and of itself kind of turned me like oh wait no hang on there's something more happening here Mm. that like and like the way she like she was acting with pigeon like just certain things like we're just like hang on we're missing something and so Mm. when i found out that she is also imprisoned in the dreamscape and it was her carnival turned against her by her parents yeah that I did. Like, I was like, ah, there's, like, I, I saw mm. the anvil hanging, and then I was waiting for it to drop. Yeah, you you put it together. I did not. I was like, oh, whoa, I didn't expect that. But, yeah, I liked that it was, like, the swindler, because I, I liked that they were, like, at the carnival. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, like, an interesting, you know, twist. And, ooh, what did you think of Lindy getting her memories back as Belinda? Mm. That was interesting. That was interesting. I was like, I didn't expect that. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a good way to, like, end her character because without it, I would have been, like... I mean, it would have been fine, but I guess I kind of like that she does because then she's 
choosing to be good mm-hmm. and not just like I felt like she kind of did do that as well though at the same of the sec- at the end of the yeah, second book she does do it at the second book like, too she is convinced that yes she used to be Belinda White and That's that true. she was this person and she has the chance to join her brother. That's true. But she cho- was could, yeah. was she the what was the, what was the order of the Whites like is Camilla I, the oldest or is Linda Camilla's the youngest is she okay. But then I don't know if it's Jonas or Belinda. I want to say Belinda's older. oldest. If it's I not, think you're I, right. if it's not Camilla, that I would think, make sense. I think Belinda is oldest. Yeah. yeah, I guess the thing with Lindy is that I like that she like has her memories, but I agree in that it just kind of happened. It was like yeah. off screen. Zach was like, "Oh, I went and got her from Stott and then brought her to the carnival," <laughs> and so yeah, that one that. That was kind of I wouldn't like have minded rushed. not having Linda in this one. She could have gone off to be somewhere else, and yeah. okay. I would have been okay. But at the same time, I, I know why we included her, because yeah. it is her family, and therefore it makes sense. I do think one of my critiques of this book is that it feels rushed on this part of, like, character development, and just is, like, story-oriented. Story yep. And I 100% agree. I I think that is maybe one of the things that holds me back from liking it as much, because mm-hmm. I feel like... Like, especially, like, the second book, like, what with, like, Belinda, with, mm-hmm. with Lindy, how she chooses, and I, I'm glad you reminded me of this, how she, like, finds out about her past and then distinctly, like, makes a choice to still trust, like, her friends and, and Mr. Stott and everything. And Even so, though, like, she's told, like, they have hurt her. Yeah. And so her just, like, not being in it at all, and then all of a sudden she's there. I feel like this was honestly more... It felt more like the first book because yeah. I don't remember much character growth in the first book either. Yeah, that's true. Like the first book, I think was also very story driven, which was a gr- it was a great story. Yeah, this is also a, a good, yeah, a great a good story. story. Yeah, but like the second, I think was also was very much more character grow- driven yeah. for Linda, and so yeah, that's that's an interesting point. Yeah, hmm. fun facts. We ain't hating. We just observing. No, just observing. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. And then kind of deep diving on the dad, the white dad. Oh, the swindler? Was, yeah. I thought it was very interesting, like, how, like, like he is this, the father of, like, three magnificent, like, amazing magicians yeah. who can do, like, unimaginable things. Very powerful. And, like, they get imprisoned. Like, and they're, like, these, like, like the parents are just, like, half-time, has-been, not yeah. great. Mm-hmm. They, like, they get out of tri- pr- jail and they have to go literally begging to their daughter yeah. to like take them in and help them out. Yeah. The only daughter that they know will actually help them. He's the only daughter that's actually good. Yeah, who actually has a heart. Yeah, she's point. like, I don't want to be like my siblings or my parents, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I feel like if this were to be made into a TV show or a movie someday, you could really... Hint, hint. You know, yeah, hint, hint, please. <laughs> um, we want to see it. It, and we it, know you guys do too. It could be something that they could really delve into her character more with Camilla mm-hmm. of being like, you know, she's kind of the white sheep of the family who. I'm down for a prequel series on these on this family. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, episode. I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know how to write TV, but. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that would be interesting. Like yeah. really seeing like how they grew up. Like we get a little snapshot of how Camilla wishes it could have been. Mm-hmm. But I know that's interesting. But yeah, I really like that how um like what the dad does. He kind of like. He's forcing his problems, his, like, traumas on everybody else. Mm, like, the fact that Growler yes. is, like, a, a clown that scared him, and so he's using it to scare to everybody scare else. People. Yeah. He is, um, like, constantly, like, 
trying to earn money, constantly trying to do these things, and so he's making everybody else do the same thing. He's, he's constantly losing, and so he's constantly stacking the cards on his end so that he always wins. Mm-hmm. Like, he is just... He can. He has never been able to succeed at everything, and so now that he finally has some place or some way that he can win, yeah. he's like, now I get to like now I'm going to make everybody else feel just as bad as I did for the past for my entire life, which for mm-hmm. a magician is a very long time. Yeah, and he's the one that's like taking the sleepers, mm-hmm. having them sign the agreement, and then like using their dreams to further his purposes, which is like I think a trend in all of his books, like. Don't let the darkness win because really that's what you're doing. You're letting it win if you like, if you give up and you just let it control you. Like the ba- the demons, the darkness, like even just like, like, like our fears in general, like the fear of our, our fear of like the dark, fear of clowns, all these kinds of fears, they only have so much power as we give them. Because many of these kinds of fears, they're good, they're healthy, but like some people take them to extremes. Like Trevor, he is like paralyzing fear of yeah. clowns. And so like... Like, but he lets that fear control him. He manages to overcome it a bit in this, but, like, yeah. I think that's just, like, kind of a thing. Okay, so there's this quote that I can't find in the book for some reason, but there's this part where John Dart is, like, saying that how he faces his fears is that he imagines the worst possible scenario and, like, comes to terms with it, and then that's how he, like... Huh. Even if that comes to pass, he'll know he'll be able to deal with it. Because I think it's right after, I think it's, like, the day after Nate and Trevor, like, have that little, like, like, conversation with Growler. Oh. And, like, Trevor's, like, terrified. And he's, like, how do I deal with this? And, like, that's kind of what John, like, says. Like, you know, this is what works for me. And I just kind of, you know, I don't really live in fear anymore because I've kind of got this thing going where Mm -hmm. I you know, kind of face them on my own. And then that way, if something bad does happen, he can like, you know, he's already like come to, ter- come to terms with it so he can like act in that, situ- in that situation. Interesting. Which is interesting. You know what that gives, that reminds me of? What? Dale. Dale on fear. Like when he was yeah. talking to Seth, he was saying, I regret looking out the window because I now know what the worst things out there is. And so for him, imagining the worst thing is a bad thing. It's a bad thing. Because he knows that the worst thing out there could, like, could mess him up. Interesting. But I wonder if, like, John Dart, he's just, like, he's a different kind of character because he's confident in himself. He is, he feels that he is prepared for every eventuality. Yeah. For the worst thing that could possibly happen. And he is okay with that. Like, he, like, he's like, I could die. I'm okay with that. I will have served my... Like, served my cause and, like, done the best I could do. I find, like, I think just as you were talking about that, like, the worst thing I could imagine, that's what, like, rang that bell for me. I was like, huh. And, like, yeah. maybe think of our conversation on, like, what, like, what fear does to a person and, like, what, whether or not you should look and try and find. You found, I found it. it. Read the quote, I found Megan. it. Okay. Read that quote. You heard <clears throat> it. So we have Trevor being like, I don't know if I could handle, like, clowns or, like, being hunted by clowns or whatever. That's what he says. And then, um,. Like Trevor says, Trevor looked to John. What if it happens in real life? Do your best, John said. For me, it helps to picture the worst case scenario ahead of time. You get scared, Pigeon asked. Not so much for my own life anymore. Such a child question. Such a child question. (laughs) I mean, it's John. (laughs) Uh, True. Not so much for my own life anymore, John said. I'm content with who I am and how I've chosen to live. 
I've made peace with my past mistakes. I'm ready to meet my demise if needed, but sometimes I fear failing my missions. I fear what may happen to others. I fear for you kids. What do you mean you picture the worst case scenario? Pigeon asked. I picture the worst outcomes that could happen, John said. I get used to how they might feel, and I decide how I will, how I will behave even if the worst results come to pass, even if I fail. If I'm only willing to sacrifice for success, then failure becomes terrifying. Surrendering the need for a guaranteed outcome cuts the tension for me. I accept the darkest possibilities and then work for something better. It's not a method that works for everyone. Hmm. Interesting. It doesn't work for Dale. <laughs> doesn't work for Dale. <laughs> no, but that's interesting. Oh. Yeah. I thought that was like, a, I, was, I like marked it and I was like, whoa, that's like good life advice, honestly. Uh-huh. Like Dang. picturing, you know, it's not actually always great to picture the worst outcome, but just being like, what's the worst that could happen, like realistically, and then being like, okay, then how would I deal with that, you know? I think it's interesting. I really like that. Good. Yeah. Because, mm. like, huh. And, like, these kids, like, obviously they look up to John. Like, John gives me kind of, like, less present Warren vibes. And also less funny. Yes. He is very much a Warren character. He is somebody who's lived in this world, yeah. has seen the worst of it, mm. has come out and is still fighting for the good side little bit of charisma in there and is very protective of the main characters yeah he's just not as he is not as present and he is not as involved i think in the story yeah i like john because like also he gives some kind of like you know authoritative figure (laughs) not just these kids running around yeah like yeah i like him because he's able to like protect the kids but also i don't know like i think he's like a fun character he definitely and, respects them yeah and he cares about them like he literally just said like like i worry about you guys cuz you know and he can't always how old are them. these kids in this story are they, did um, they say they were... i think they said it's been a year since the first book yeah which me... also the fact that it's been a year and the three books have been out for like 17 years something like that like <laughs> It's also kind of crazy to read these back and be like, man. Like, what grade are they in? Like, sixth? Is that what I they think? are? They yeah, because they're graders? going to, like, a middle school, I think. Mm. They're, like, in sixth grade. So they're still only, like, 12. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so, um, okay, this, uh, I haven't told you this before, but um, today, actually, I was talking to a friend, one of my coworkers, about mm. Fable Haven. And oh, like nice. actually a lot of Brandon Moles books. Like he has read all of them. He is very he is very well rehearsed in these. Love to hear it. <laughs> Josh, my bud, if you're listening to this, this one's for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um so he was saying he's like, I love Brandon Mole. I love his books. He's but like his story's fantastic. One thing that he doesn't love is sometimes the kids don't feel like kids. Yeah. I took that, I chewed on it a little bit, and I said I have to agree. I agree. Like, these kids are supposed to be 12, 13? Yeah. 12, 13, 12. 12. It, like, I, 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 was, I took that and I thought about it and I was like, I can totally feel it. And that's not, and it's not just uh, Candy Shop War. Yes. Like, we were, like, just the fact that we've been talking about in Fablehaven, the fact that um, Kendra and Seth are 13 and 11, respectively. Sometimes it comes out with Seth. Sometimes you can you can kind of feel it. <laughs> yeah. But at the same, like, or like with the fact that Cole and his friends are same age, twelve, 
or Jason and Rebecca? Rachel. Rachel. I got the R right. You got the R, yeah. <laughs> Rachel R13, I believe. 14, like, I think. Well, Josh was telling me, he's like, yeah, I'm reading Beyonders right now. And he's like, I'm reading, like, um, Jason's thoughts. And he's like, I'm thinking, I would think these things. And I'm 19. Jason, he said, is 13. Yes. Yeah, I completely agree with this. And I'm glad you brought this up because I feel like, and again, no hate to Brandon Mole mm-hmm. or your writing, I do think this is a, a theme, like you said, throughout all of his books, that I think his characters ought to be, like, two years older mm-hmm. than they are. And almost, and if not necessarily in the first book, but, like, by the end of the series. They don't age as much. They as don't they age do. as much as they should, as I feel like. As we think we do. They as do. I think that they should be. Mm-hmm. Like, And I think yeah. that might be partially because we have books like Percy Jackson and Harry Potter, where, like, yeah. in between books, they age a year. And so, like, that, like, mental progression feels and natural. And I, I wonder if it's also because he is writing these books as, quote-unquote, children's books, that he feels that he has to mm-hmm. put them at younger ages. But I feel like, especially when these books get turned into books and movies, into shows and movies, I think they, when these books get turned into, <laughs> into movies and TV shows... I wouldn't be opposed to them aging them up mm-hmm. a year or two for any of them, honestly, because especially Candy Shop War, Five Kingdoms, and Beyonders, especially Beyonders. Like, I was reading they feel this thing, like and I was just like, I feel like they should be, like, 16. Mm-hmm. I think 16 would be a good age. Yeah. 14 just feels too young for me. Yeah. So, this. hot take, maybe that's why we can still love them so much. Like... What do you mean? Because they feel older, like closer to our own ages, like we yeah. can, like yeah. we see ourselves in them. And so when we see these numbers, like they're like, oh, they're thirteen. But like honestly, if I'm reading this, my brain is like, I'm seeing my like they're they like you see, put yourself on the character. You put yourself on yeah. the character, and they like age up. And and the fact that they do talk older, I think, is almost a strength for helping it age with the audience. Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe they're still supposed to be 12, 13. Mm-hmm. And they sometimes do have those moments where they act like that. that. But the, in between, even a 20-year-old, a 23-year-old can still relate. Yeah. And I understand that, like, because of the experiences that these kids go through, they're going to act older. Mm-hmm. You know, like, more experience. You're going to be more mature. With that said, I do think, you know, it would be maybe a little more realistic if they were just, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, like, Five Kingdoms, Cole and them should be, like, 14, 13 15. or 14 at least. Maybe freshman. Yeah. Freshman age. Maybe, like, 14. Um, Beyonders, 16. 13 to 14 is too young. I would say 16. Dragon Watch, 16, Dragon Watch. 17. Yeah, that's one thing with Dragon Watch. I wish she had said, like, a year went by or something. Just a couple more years because I feel like Seth needs to be at least 14, 15, Kendra probably 16, 17, maybe 18 even. Yeah. Maybe they yeah, I well, agree. I guess, I mean, that probably is why they didn't lean, in, lean into the romance as hard, but still. Yeah. So, yeah, just one thing. I would agree with that for sure. I think they need to be older because in my mind, they're older and then I'm like, wait, he says that they're like 12 and I'm like, but I don't think it what? necessarily causes a problem. Yeah. It just, like, kind of shocks you. It when just you do feels go back less and believable. It. Yeah, when you go back and reread it, you're like, oh, wait, this person was 13 yeah. this entire yeah. time? They're, in, in writing fantasy, there's this thing called suspension of disbelief where the reader is, like, 
basically like agreeing to like believe this fantasy world because of what the author is writing. But then there might be parts where that like takes them out of the story. And I feel like having these kids be so young all the time sometimes takes me out of the story and be like, okay, but would they really like react that way? Would, would they really have would this like have the presence of mind to be able to drop that memory wiper cube into yeah, the potion? Yeah, would they the really book? like? Are they really that clever? Like, I mean, I know kids are clever, but like. Like, would they be able to, like, handle it this much? Would they be able to do it this? It pushes the suspension of disbelief. I, yes. I agree. Yes. For the most part, though, I am able to keep it, like, I'm able to stay in the story. Like, yeah. Like, for me, like, I, I remember, I, like, I'm surprised whenever somebody reminds me that. I'm like, oh, wow, I forget about that. Yeah, that's like, true. And so I'm able to kind of disbelieve that, honestly. I'm <laughs> able to suspend my suspension of disbelief like, in yeah. that, like, I'm like, I don't really care how old they are. I can kind of project whatever age I want onto it's them. It's true. And so... I think for me, it does not cause as much of a problem. For Josh, maybe it was a little bit more of a problem. Yeah. But I under- I totally understand where he's coming from. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really, like, bother me so much anymore, but I do think it would just make more sense if they were a little bit older. Mm. Mm. So, hot take. Yeah. <laughs> so who's your favorite character out of everybody? <laughs> not even just in this book, I guess. Or I feel maybe like, in this book. Okay, so if you want to pull up a, uh, a copy of, like, the cover of The Candy Shop War, you know who the candy character is. Well, do you know who the main character is? He's in the middle. <laughs> I know. I just like it's Nate. I feel like that's one thing I've always had with these books. Like all four of the kids, like they feel like they're all supposed to be main characters, mm. but like I, it's Nate. You, Everybody knows it's Nate. You think that they're all supposed to feel like main I feel characters? Like, is it because they all have like perspectives? Like he writes from their perspectives. Sometimes? Not even that. I think. Well, maybe it's partially that. I don't know. I just feel like like sometimes I feel like. It's, like, split a little bit between, like, being evenly distributed between all of them and then mm. just being, like, fully so focused on Nate. Because one thing within between the three books, Nate comes through almost every time and saves the day. Let's be honest. Oh, well, yeah. Nate, Nate is almost always the Yes. Hero. Yeah. Mm. Like, it is always Nate. Yeah. So, Trevor, I think there's a reason he's kind of, like, second prominent in the picture. In the cover. Yeah. Because yeah, he gets, like, that kind of character growth with the clown stuff. True. I think he gets the most after that. Summer, it's good. So she's, she's like, three. Yeah, she's three like, out of four. She's your classic, like, I can do it, strong girl, independent tomboy kind of thing. Yeah. Do you think, did, I can't remember, did they, did, did they lead into any romance with her? Was, um, was Nate developing? Or no, Zach was, Zach. Zach was developing. Okay, after we her. talk about these four, we have to talk about Zach. Yeah. <laughs> and then poor Pigeon. Pigeon. Pigeon does not get much in this no, book. No. I don't think he does. Like, he hardly at all. I think they go in his perspective maybe once or twice, but like Pigeon doesn't do too much that I remember. He's a statue. He's a statue. (laughs) He's a statue. He's a statue. Yeah. Summer's cool because she gets the clown. She gets to kick. Yeah, Summer does, and she's also the one who tells Zach Mm. about it. It's true. She does have some very. She does some stuff. Yeah, she she has mm -hmm, questionable decisions, but at least she does stuff. Yeah. Trevor has the development, and then Nate is like the always gets to be the hero. Nate is, yeah, is always Pigeon the is hero. Just the... <laughs> Do you not like Pigeon? I, it's not that I don't <laughs> like him. It's just he's more of a Dale. To me, he's more of a Dale. And, okay, okay, let's so, okay. maybe not be mean Addressing about Dale. To this per- okay, okay, okay. Yes. On our YouTube channel, some people, one person commented that Dale was their f- Dale was their favorite character and more power to you. Yeah, I we apologize. We do not hate Dale. We promise. I I swear I do not hate Dale. <laughs> We just 
find it amusing how he's kind of underused after book two. I find it funny that he's a plot device and not a character. <laughs> yeah, we, we, he is He is loyal to a fault. It's just I feel like also in this case, Pigeon is Dale. Pigeon is Dale. He gets and some clutch moments. He gets I, to help out. I think it's true in this book. In the other two, he's like the smart one. That's true. And he like figures out things. And he like, knows, like, his history and stuff. Like, he's, like, the best of them in school, like, the best student. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he gets that those moments in the first two books. And then in this book, like, I can't even remember, like, a moment where he, like, did something. <laughs> where he, like, does that. But, yeah. I don't hate these so, characters. Yeah. I and promise. This, and this just does go back to I feel like there was just less character development mm-hmm. in this book. And I think I've said this before on this podcast. Is like that is one of the things I value the most in my yeah. books, in my stories. I I like character development. Yeah, that is the area of storytelling that I value very very highly. Mm-hmm. It's right up there with like good story. I want my characters to evolve. Yeah, I feel like we get that a bit from Summer. We get that very well, I think. I think Trevor's comes Trevor through pretty well. Trevor faces his fears. With Trevor facing his fears. Yeah. Nate. Nate's just, I'm going to go save the day no matter what. He's kind of Mr. Pretty Boy, let's be honest. But Pigeon, like, he doesn't really have, like, he's the quiet, smart, steady one. Yeah. And I say, good for him. He's mm-hmm. a good character. He's just He not doesn't a get his moment to one. shine in yes. this book. Yes. Yeah. I agree. So, yeah. That's my, that's my, that's my thing. Pigeon is pigeon. Pigeon is pigeon. <laughs> Nate is hero. Nate is like the Superman. He's like, he's always like, <laughs> and there's I will say Nate doesn't have much development either. He doesn't. Either, it's just like, he, gets the, he gets the fun moments. He, yeah. And we also get to see like his interaction with the swing, swingler. Swindler? Swindler. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that his, we get to watch his. The thing with the dream stone. Yeah. Like where, yeah. like he gets to say he, yes like, or no. Or and like he oh, beats him. Oh, when he, and he goes does to beat sleep. Him too, huh? Yeah, when he like, like he gets denies. to say don't I don't like we get to see his interaction with the swindler saying yeah. no I don't want the contract. Yes, and we get to see him finally beat the swindler in yes. a game. Yeah, yes, that's so what we I do mean. get to see that. Yeah, that's a little bit like he gets his moments to shine he where gets he gets moments. to develop and like be like oh I couldn't beat him no I could beat him yay it's simpler simple True. but yeah summer she gets to kind of feel that regret for trusting Zach. And like I was not surprising them, to, I was not expecting them to bring Zach in so early. That was interesting. Neither did I. That I was, was very interesting to me. Yeah. Okay. So let's okay, talk okay, about. Okay, we're going to see. Let's, yes, let's talk about Zach. Yeah. <laughs> I I didn't mind him, but I also kind of did expect him to like. Once they brought him in so early, I think is what I, I was started like. He's gonna him. like betray them in some way mm-hmm. and they kind of like gloss over it at the end and be like oh no he he was like misguided and like okay i can that is something i would expect from a 12 year old mm-hmm. like like not making like the right choice like not seeing the situation for how it is so that does bring his age down more to what i would expect mm-hmm. from a, like a middle schooler but also the thing that he is like a youtuber <laughs> He's an like, influencer. Yeah, he's an influencer. And I was like, man, yep, we're we're in the year 2023. <laughs> so true. It's kind of funny to see like how like, like you can kind of see like you can tell that these are have been spaced out over 17 yeah. years because oh, yeah. 2007 
Like we had like, like the, the classic social media didn't exist. Yeah. And we had like the classic there's this one group and there's this other group of kids and yeah. like they 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 the throw and they the throw nerds. dirt balls out each yeah. other. They have their secret hideouts That's in true. like the bushes. Yeah. They like That's they how have kids these little clubs. Themselves. That was how we entertained ourselves when we were kids. That's true. Now kids entertain themselves by watching YouTubers, influencers, you like they they reactions, TikTok, yeah. like, all these things. That's how yeah. they entertain themselves. And it's so interesting to see like that difference. It's true. And I didn't honestly. I think I enjoyed how Zach was like. Yes, he is a stereotypical influencer, but he still is given a little bit of interesting stuff. Like he does have a little bit of development. I think because yeah. like it's revealed that like. Yes, he is a bit of self-centered, which is partially... But, like, at the same time, he does... That's kind of expected. Yes. But at the same time, he does recognize that these four kids don't just like him for his fame. Yeah, I do He latches on to these kids, so it's like, they don't care. They don't care who I am. They don't care what I've done. Yeah. They just want to be my friends. And he latches on to that. I appreciate that. I will say, though, he does still have, like, the influencer thing of being, like, when he asked Benji not to come to, like, that one day of filming. So he was mm-hmm. like, oh, I didn't, I just want to see what kind of personalities you guys, ha- you guys have for my channel. But then he doesn't put any of them on his channel. Yeah, that, I think. <laughs> like, I was kind of like, what? That, I think, like, also, like, they kind of lean into the fact that you can kind of explain that away being, like, that the dad and the mom kind of do the editing, do uh, the... Yeah. Like that's kind of what I got. Like that he's oh, okay. like. Okay, I didn't. I didn't get that. I got that. Like the dad's the one who's kind of pulling the strings. Ah, uh, I can see and that. And so I felt like him in the in the park. He kind of felt like that was his opportunity to make his own decisions. Mm-hmm. And so when he sees the like what he thought was his friends, like he was probably like expecting that half half the time because like he's so used to people like only wanting to be on his channel and only wanting to like. To be his be friend, to be friends, on the, yeah, on the clout. So when he sees, like, these guys are trying to ruin what he has going for him, like, because they probably want to, like, be famous or do something like that, he probably is like, I trusted them, and they're going behind my back and trying to ruin this good thing I've got going. I should have seen this coming. And, like, it's fair. Probably, like, I don't know. I'm probably explaining this way too far, but, like, I can see where he's coming from, I think. In betraying them? In betraying them and also in, like... I see, and how he acts. I saw it more as, like, he just got fed the wrong information mm-hmm. and believed the wrong people. He got, like, he talked to the, like, he was reached but, first. Yeah. But I could them. also see how that could be connected to, like, you know, he got a deal with the carnival mm-hmm. and they're sponsoring him and paying him. So he's going to believe them probably yeah. because he has more Over these kids, he's known of for a motive. Week, yeah. Two weeks. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I think... I think they did a good job not making the YouTuber, like, just, like, the typical, stereotypical, self-centered, arrogant, only cares about views. Like, yes, he still does want friends. That was nice. I was like, don't go too far. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like, the fact that he brought in on The Secret, I think, helped a lot with that as well. Like, Mm -hmm. just kind of being, like, he avoid like, I think Brandon Mould did a good job avoiding a lot of, like, the tropes. A trope, yeah. And the pitfalls that could have come with using this character, and I appreciated that. I appreciate that, too. Um, okay, so there's this one very nerdy thing that (laughs) I, that is included in this book. So I think if you all turn with me to... Can I, can I actually, can I preface this? So, last night, I'm i just gotten off work. Oh. I wasn't doing much, and I get this text. Because Megan, busy, I was, okay, she's I was, a busy, I was busy like, bee. finishing it yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was listening to it. And so um, I had taken, keep this in mind, I had read this, like, probably 
two months ago. I read yeah. it, like, the day it came out. And I, I was I, waiting for the Audible to come out. And so, like, I'm... So this yesterday is, this at, like, is Jessica's reaction to me texting her. I see all caps... I'm freaking out over the reference to Roshar and Sharpley. I just listened to, like, what? Two T's. <laughs> Three T's. I lied. Okay. And so I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I was freaking out. Okay. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, if you go to page 267, this is chapter 25, Lux, when they're in that, like, secret, like, club or whatever that Zach gets them into. Right before he betrays them. Right before he betrays them. (laughs) Yeah, this is, like, two pages before he betrays them. Um, There's just, like, collect all these, like, collectibles around and stuff. And this is what I was freaking out about. Um, It says, this other figure is modeling an approximation of shard plate from Roshar. And that will mean nothing to you (laughs) unless you have read... The Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson, which is what that is referencing. Okay. Yes, it's honestly, like... And I, like, I started reading the Stormlight Archive, like, right around the time that the Candy Shop War 3 came out. Like, I started listening to it because I was like, I need to read this. After me telling her multiple times that she needed to because I read them, I think... Okay, but it actually wasn't you that convinced me. I know, but I have... I told you to. I love them. I've, I've. So does my brother. Yes. He was also like, please read these. Okay, but I have been reading the Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson recently, and so I got this reference, and I started, like, freaking out because I was literally, like, sitting at work listening, and then I hear Shard Plate from Roshar, and I, like, I wish I could, I wish you could, like, have watched me listen to this because I literally, like, froze, and I was like, what did you just say? <laughs> And I, like, went back and I was like, did you just say shard plate from Roshar? Like, what is going on here? I started, like, freaking out. And I, like, listened to it again and I was like, oh, my gosh. And I, like, immediately texted Jessica and I was like, did you see this reference? Like, what? what is going on? I did almost And then the it took you, like, 20 thing. minutes to reply to me. And I was like. I was at work. <laughs> and I was, like, freaking out. And I was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And I was like, I said something that I think is really funny. I was like, is this the Brandon literary universe? Like, what is going on? Yeah, I did. I'm honestly, I'm pretty sure I did the exact same thing two months ago. But you hadn't listened or read it yet, so I couldn't say anything. Well, I also hadn't read the Stormlight Archive yet, so. That's true. But, like, yeah, so Stormlight Archive is so good. Love it. Highly recommend to anybody. This is also just like a fun little reference to just like anyone it's just, who's It's just, it's out of nowhere. Okay. Also, the sentence before, because I was looking at this and I was like, wait, what is that referencing then? Still I looked it up. Arrakis? Arrakis. I googled Arrakis. It's referencing Dune. Oh, is that what it is? Yes, it's referencing Dune. Oh, that... Brandon Mole, you tease. He's just referencing all you of these, these, like, fantasy series. Yeah. Like, before that, it, it already has some, like, fun stuff where it's, like, it's got um, a, <laughs> Star a, Wars. A, a C-3PO, a narwhal horn, Harley Davidson motorcycle, and it talks about also, like, it has all the other candies from the other books. Yeah. And I really like that they kind of bring those back. Yeah, I like that, too. It's got, like, the shock bits, moon rocks, 
all of those kinds of things. Like, and I love that they call it the Belinda White collection and the J- Jonas White collection. Yeah, it's like love a nice, that. Like collect, it's like a pawn shop. It really is. It's yeah. like, oh, these are all like the or like a this museum. Collection, it's like a museum. Yeah, but you can like buy it. Yeah. <laughs> If you have, like, 100,000 tickets or something. Yeah, and I love how they, like, really, like, I don't remember, like, like I, but I remember now, like, thinking, like, yeah, that's about how much it would cost in, in Russia. <laughs> like, um, like, those a things. A whole kingdom. Like, literally, like, traded sh- kingdoms for so, yeah. one shard. Like, Sorry if you have not read The Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson. You should go read it. It's really good. It's yeah. also very long, but it's worth it. I have cried. I have cried tears of joy. And, like, heartbreak over that series. Yeah. Um, I cannot wait till the fifth book comes out. It'll be good. It'll be so good. I, I can't wait till you read the fourth book. And yeah, tell, I haven't and read the fourth book yet, it. but, man, it's awesome. It's so good. But, yeah, I was just, like, freaking out. I was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And I was looking. I went and I was like, have other people talked about this? Has anyone, like, noticed this? Am I the only one that's, like, noticed this yet? And so, like, I literally, like, went on Reddit and I was looking at, like, Brandon Mole-related subreddits and no one had mentioned it and i was like has no one like read this book and stormlight archive and like has noticed this am i the only one nerding out here (laughs) (laughs) i'm nerding out right i was like freaking out and so i'm just over here like smiling and just like yeah brandon thank you (laughs) brandon i appreciate that yes both brandon sanderson and brandon will thank you <laughs> i could just like i could like picture like we were kind of chatting about this before and like i could just picture them like out like chatting yeah. and, like brandon mold just kind of going up like just like kind of like shoulders hunched up like looking like i, I don't even know like height wise but like just like him kind of <laughs> looking up to brandon sanderson because like brandon sanderson if you do not know he is a legend he's like a fantasy book giant he is a tolkien he is a tolkien at yeah, this point he he is so Super, super his successful. books are super intricate. So, like, well, and su- they're super successful. Yes. Not that Brandon Mole isn't successful, but I feel like way more people know Brandon Sanderson. Yes, no offense. I think it's also because of like the the audiences that they usually target themselves for. Yeah, Brandon Sanderson is very much targeted for young adult, young adult, and adult. And Brandon Mole Definitely. is targeted more young. Yeah, like, um, yeah, yeah. Youth, it is connected with the audience young for teen. sure. Yeah, and so I can just kind of imagine like Brandon Mole going up, like, "Hey, Brandon, I have an <laughs> idea." Would you mind if I, like, snuck a little reference to your books into mine? Like, you know, just give some fun for, like, the parents. I think it's more, like, excited to be like, hey, can I reference your book? I just, I get Thanks, a more shy tone. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can just, like, imagine, like, these two, like, southern. Or well, they're northern, definitely friends. Yeah, like, they're, they're probably definitely buddies. They live in the same area. They're both named, okay, this is kind of funny. This made me think of. And I'm sorry if you don't know who Brandon Sanderson is. You should. But this is a kind of funny comparison. They're both fantasy writers named Brandon who both live in Utah and both went to BYU (laughs) and, like, are, like, famous fantasy writers. Mm -hmm. And they definitely know each other. If you go on YouTube and you look up Brandon Mole and Brandon Sanderson and you just Look that up on YouTube. There's like a couple like things like videos that they made together, like interviews or like. Did they do like a panel together at Fan X last year? Yeah, I think they did do a panel together. Get into it, sad. I like. I went. I I went and I looked it up and like, Brandon Sanderson has had Brandon Mole on his like podcast or something, Mm -hmm. or or like his YouTube channel or whatever. So yeah, like they're friends, and so I just I love this idea of like him referencing his like. The other Brandon's works, and I'm like, man, am I gonna have to like look for Brandon Mole references now? Like, <laughs> so yeah, that was kind of fun. Oh, yeah. So if you don't know who Brandon Sanderson is, now learn. You go read. Learn all of the Cosmere. It's very good. Yeah, I still need to read Mistborn. You need to read all of the Cosmere. <laughs> I'm working on it. Okay. We're, we're gonna talk about this after we record. <laughs> 
How would you rank the trilogy? How would you rank this in the trilogy? This is probably not going to be an, a fair ranking, considering I have not read the second book in so long. Okay. And I've only read it, I believe, all the way through once, maybe twice. One, three, two. Mm. Interesting. Two being very, very close to three. Okay. I, I, I don't know. I'd have to reread two before I could cement that ranking. Okay. I know I like one number one the best. The second and third, though, I think right now, maybe because it's fresher on my mind, I can push it a- ahead. But I actually, no, I'm going to put second the second book second. Okay. Because if I'm looking back, if I'm being dead honest right now, I am having difficulty picturing some of the things I've read in this book. I think I can remember. I think the second one for me was a little bit more memorable. Okay. Personally. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I think the first book is my favorite. First Candy Shop War, and then the second one, and then this one. Okay. I agree. I'm not saying that it's bad, but I think maybe it's just because I haven't had as much time to, like, think about it, but mm-hmm. also for some of the same reasons that I, like, have said earlier. Like, it's I just... Slightly younger audience. Slightly younger audience, a little less character development, and just things like that. Yeah. And would you... Where would you put the series in all of it? Because, like, now that... I believe he does not have any works in progress. All of his series that he has started are now complete. Where would I rank Candy Shop War in, in series? In all of the series, yes. Probably my least favorite. Which, to be fair, is the this, least okay. of the best. The, the least, least of, of the like, best. Of my favorite author, the least is Candy Shop War. Again. Yeah. I do have nostalgia for like the first one. I do like the mm-hmm. first one a lot. Younger audience... And it just doesn't go as deep as the other books. Yeah. So I I cannot put it for sure because I need to reread Beyonders because I have not read it in several years and I did not read it Beyonders until... Beyonders better not be below. I, <laughs> it may cost us our friendship if it is. No, I just, I need to reread it because I can't... have to take a hiatus can't. from this if you... <laughs> Kicks me out of the podcast. We have to take a break if Jessica doesn't like Beyonders. Go talk to Josh instead. He'll, 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 he'll Josh will be the special... <laughs> Co- like guest star until Jessica learns to like the honors. <laughs> You'd love that in this in this fake scenario of the future. Yeah, no, but um, yeah. So, I I'm ninety percent sure Beyonders will land above Candy Shop, but I need to reread it. I already have it. I have it on hold. I am ready to get it. I will be rereading it as soon okay. as possible. I'm just saying I cannot say for sure until I reread them. Okay. And I'm going to say this right now. <sighs> Beyonders does have a slight disadvantage because it does not have that nostalgia flavor because I did not read it until college. Beyonders doesn't need a nostalgia. <laughs> we shall see. Also, soon we're going to maybe be posting a YouTube video mm-hmm. of we're going to make a our, we're each going to make an individual tier list of all of Brandon Mull's books mm-hmm. and then we'll come together and make a combined tier list and discuss where we think each of the books lands. So when we went to the book signing for Candy Shop War, Brandon Mole had a little bit of like a, a short like Q&A before the signing started. Mm-hmm. And Jessica raised her hand and asked the following question. I was so stinking happy when he called on me. I was so proud. And I was like, because he had referenced like that he has an, uh, he's working on something right now, a, a, yeah. a, a new series. And, I was, and he had given us some details. But when he finally called me, I was like, you got to give us more. I was like, what else can you tell us? 
And he said, okay, I, he, he honestly, I think he probably might have gotten in trouble with his publisher for this. I don't think he was supposed to say anything besides, yeah. like, the bare hands that he said. But and he, he, sorry if we're not supposed to be saying this. <laughs> it's, we'll, it's, it's bare. It's what I remember, actually. Yeah. I don't know how much I And remember. so it was called, if I'm not mistaken, The, the Forbidden f- Mountain. For, yes. The Forbidden the for, Mountain. I think it was called The Forbidden Mountain. And he was saying, it's got, like, he said, it's his first series that he has not grounded in reality at all. Yeah, because so it has every, no connection to Earth. It has no connection to Earth. Which is exciting. Which is very interesting. I'm interested. I almost want it to have a little bit of connection, like have it be another dimension of, mm. like, like that maybe Five Kingdoms could feed into. Well, because Five Kingdoms... Okay, this is all so theoretical because yes. we know basically nothing, nothing about this nothing, series. Yes. But I like the fact that it's he's, at least for now, you know, this is very early development yes. and this is very uh-huh. bare minimum details. But I kind of like the idea that it's not be connected to Earth because it doesn't have to be connected to Earth to be connected to Beyonders or Five Kingdoms. Exactly. So, but uh, yeah, so like it's not going to be kids from Earth getting trapped in a foreign yeah, realm. It's like it's like his first like high fantasy series, yes. basically. Which I think is going to be Which, interesting. Also, I think it'll be a higher level. <laughs> it won't be probably won't be as kid. It's not Candy Shop. It's war. not Candy Shop War level. It's more Beyonders I'm Five Kingdoms. Yes. <laughs> I'm ready for that, too. And the other thing I remember is that, like, the people who are at the Forbidden Mountain are, like, the ones who can do magic, I think is what he said. There is definitely a magic system. I can't remember exactly what it is. Man, we don't remember anything. (laughs) I should have written this down. I should have written it down, yeah. Yeah! I think it was, like, like, it's focusing on, like, characters who are trying to escape to the Forbidden. I think so. Like it was like some kind of like empirical regime. Yeah, there's like an empire yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. I'm a big Star Wars fan, so I'm like that. Yeah. <laughs> and like they're trying to escape and get to the Forbidden Mountain, which is I believe like the only free spot left. Was it I that? I want to say it was something like that. I almost think it was like the Forbidden Mountain people like do things for the Empire people. I thought the Forbidden Mountain was the refuge. Maybe. I don't know. Well, anyways, we're sticking anyways, aside for it. That is, I hope we're not like lying to you. Our <laughs> our bad yeah, memories. Keep this, take but, this, all of this with a yeah, grain of salt. A, yeah. But just rest assured, he is working mm-hmm. on a new, brand new series. Yeah. Which I think will. I hope it's a five I'm book. Excited. I hope yeah. I hope it's not a trilogy. That's oh, that's the one thing. I don't want any more trilogies if it's going to be like an epic one. Like mm-hmm. Beyonder should have had more books. I'll just say that. Second of all, she still wants more. There will be a second series. <laughs> anyway, we don't have to talk about this right now. We've talked about Beyonders a lot in this candy shop war review. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anything else with the candy shop war that you want to talk about? Because we're drifting a little too much. It was a nice bookend. It's yeah. It's a good it's end nice to the trilogy. It's nice to have an ending. You know. Yeah. I think that Brandon also like he he feels good to kind of like have this. Ending. Yeah. It's like another. You can kind of tell he was like yeah. nice like. He's like, I don't have to have people asking me Clamoring for another for one. You know, yeah. Fun fact, there's two more twin. There's t- twin siblings now of the Whites. <laughs> they had children. They had children. <laughs> no, but yeah, I think it's nice to have this kind of close because yeah. You know, after reading the second one, it did feel like it needed something more. So now we've got mm-hmm. it. Yep, it's a good trilogy. Yeah, now. Every single one of his series is done. He felt he sounded so free. Yeah, it's probably Q&A. nice. Honestly, he was like, "Ugh, like a weight off my shoulders. He's I like, don't have any unfinished projects. He doesn't have anything series. hanging over his head. Like all he has is this new series that he is can do whatever in he wants, and he's just like, I'm free. Yeah. Well, thanks everyone for joining us today on this episode. I hope you enjoyed 
our review of Kane Shop War mm-hmm. and our discussion of other books <laughs> in the Brandon Mole universe and possible Brandon Literary Universe. It's not going to The go Brandon anywhere. Literary Universe okay. will be the title of this episode. I don't think they'll go anywhere. It's just a reference, but it was fun. It was fun. And it's, um, yeah, it was great. But, I, I died of laughter when you said yes. <laughs> But anyway, thanks for listening. And let us know if you have any comments. Let us know what you thought of the book. Did you like it? Did Is it your favorite in the trilogy? Did you not like it? Why? You know, what are your thoughts? Tell us in the comment section of our YouTube channel. Or you can email us at knightsofthedonepodcast at gmail.com. And thank you so much to all the people who have already sent us an email. Yes. Like it's really lights our day like it we makes our day it. when we see those things like yes. oh my gosh people felt <laughs> someone actually it was, listened it to felt this. like they liked it enough to yeah. feel like they could they wanted to interact yeah like people talking last, last week about like what they think mendigo looks like yeah also like, yeah thanks for your comments on so cool in the youtube That's so cool fun. to see those yeah we read every one of them and, and we, we love them we love it so yes so yeah, Feed thanks. Us. It makes us more motivated to do these things. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. You can always find us on our YouTube channel, Knights of the Knights of the Dawn podcast, or you can find us basically anywhere you find your podcast. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that jazz, everywhere. We're there. So everywhere. yeah, until next time, I'm Megan. I'm Jessica. Thanks for listening. Drink the milk. See ya.